beginning transmission 75. Green Arrow, Twitter, File Hunter, as seen on TV. The following program is brought to you in living color. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard contenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. 毎週漫画の読書の雑多なバンドはスラッシュアマチュア入札しようと漫画とピアオカクテルバーです。All while trying to not sound like Complete morons in the process. You can find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. ニコン、サンカブライアン、キュー、アダムとトト。I'm too sober for this shit. Oh, would you look at that? Yeah, just look. May God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> hey, it's now five o'clock. I can't drink till I go pick up Eddie, so you're lucky. Well, well you sorry. Got you got Todd go pick him up. <laughs> That's true. Or, or does he need a note? You know what I mean? It's like. Picking up a small child from school. Well, you know? I've been on antibiotics for like a week and I haven't been able to drink, so it's really been killing me. But yeah, I mean, I think Todd should just go pick him up. I think you should just get crazy drunk. Get wild. Get wacky. Get wacky. Wackety schmackety doo. Oh. That's right. I, I, I have started enjoying booze again, guys, by the way. You're what? I have, uh, I am no longer on hiatus. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you can drink now, yeah. Yeah, we were drinking at the Orange Festival. Yeah, I had yeah. a beer at the arts. I had a drink at the arts festival. Yeah, I'm not on hiatus or anymore. Catholic City, that's what it was. So I'm not trying to. I'm not getting drunk per se, but and I drank last night at Pub Quiz. So they do have a nice little drink there. They call it Dead Man's Booze. But basically, you start off with the idea of a Moscow Mule, but in, you use whiskey and tequila instead. Oh fuck that noise! <laughs> I ordered two of them. I thought fuck they were really noise. good because I find the other ones are just way too sweet. Yeah, but that whiskey and tequila instead with uh, the ginger beer, a little bit of simple syrup, and lime juice is just great. No, I don't do tequila. I don't. I don't fucks with the tequila. No, you don't fucks no, with it. I do not. Oh, I've got like tequila. five different tequilas on my shelf in my office. Yeah, no, I don't do tequila. Yeah, I do it in Long Island's. I got so the most fucked up I've ever been was. You guys don't know him, so we had this buddy in college we nicknamed Shovelhead. <laughs> And he didn't shovel. mind this nickname because he said it was so much better than what a lot of other people would call him. But it looks like someone took a shovel, hit him on the side of the head, and his whole head just kind of shifted a little bit to the side on the top. And he had an asymmetrical noggin. Wore baseball but, caps everywhere. Oh, yeah, more than I do. And um, But I will say, for whatever reason, he was dirty, but charming as fuck. And I don't know how he got laid as much as he did. As he was charming as fuck. He was. But he was also... And he able, slept with his hat on. Yeah. He uh, drank like no one else I could ever believe. And like, oh, I know people that can take their liquor. Yes, but this guy's something else. So I had... Went to... Saw the Bloodhound Gang at In The Venue. And I got a Long Island Extra Stiff. 
and I have zero memory of Bloodhound Gang. The guys just said they kind of set me in the back corner and let me pass out while they went and saw the show. It was quite the experience for them, apparently. But I don't remember any of this, but there was a video of it Shovel had had. Remember when the uh, Moto Razor flip phone was actually mm -hmm. a ship? This is how long ago it was. There was a video of me just being all blackout, drunk, stupid. And I'm so grateful to God Facebook wasn't around then. Well, welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This week we are discussing Green Arrow's Quiver, um, and more specifically the Green Arrow run done by filmmaker Kevin Smith. We have a full accoutrement, uh, sharing a microphone romantically and twinge, gazing into each other's eyes. We have Adam. Hey, what's up everyone? It's Adam from uh, Big Shiny Robot, film critic and reviews editor there. Also, <clears throat> we forgot to mention last time, the co-host of the Bored as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Uh, yeah, and we, as we record this, uh, well, we're still in August, but when it comes out, we're what, a week away from Comic-Con? Yes. Yeah, so we're getting there. Um, I know we talked about uh, panels last week, so keep an eye on our Facebook pages and Instagrams and all that fun stuff because uh, Brian and I both have panels, and I know we're yep. excited. And I'm probably getting really stressed out now because I have I was picked to moderate a panel I wasn't expecting to, <laughs> which requires a lot more work than just showing up and being there. So, uh, but no, it should be fun. Come see us, uh, hang out. If you if you're nice to us, we might sneak you back to the Monaco for free booze hour at 5 p.m. every day. Yay. So. And the other side of that lovely microphone, lovingly gazing back at Adam, we have Todd. You know, hi, this is Todd. I like how Brian is, thinks he has like a webcam, and he is so close and so far off at the same time. <laughs> so close, yet so far away. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So, hi, this is Todd. I'm on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. I'm here in Salt Lake City, which is where I call home. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter giving thumbs up and likes to people, but not posting any of my own shit, because apparently I'm just a professional wallflower. So you can come say hi to me, but I'll look at you. You're also a pub quiz winner. Yes, I, I am a pub quiz winner as well. And yeah, so you can come say hi. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The king of segways, we have Q. <laughs> Hi, I'm Q. Um, so I'm doing costumes for a bunch of shows. I'm doing things and stuff. I don't know. I feel like I... It's, uh, anyway, yeah, so we're doing... When does this episode air? Like, next year? Uh, <laughs> no, it's going to air. No. I believe it's going to air on the 18th of September. The 18th so Comic-Con is this week. Yeah, so Comic-Con oh is this weekend. Because, because as we record, yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. so um, I'll be in the full swing of the Christmas schooner. Um, I'll also be in rehearsals for uh, Demanda's House of Horrors and Show Tunes. And um, also uh, in actually gearing up for auditions for Boeing Boeing. So, um, you know, all of the things that I talk about all the time will still be happening. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of about it. Hey, uh, and I'm Brian. I am a sound designer based out of Southern California. Um, I'm currently sound designing a video game called uh, Killing, My Friend. Um, and as of this, we hopefully will have a very good and uh, great meeting with uh, some uh, video game 
venture capitalist, so we'll see how that all goes. Uh, you know, all in the goal of hopefully one day I'll get paid for all this work that I'm doing for it. But also, yes, as Adam said, I will be at Salt Lake Comic Con this coming weekend when you're hearing this. Uh, I am doing two panels, uh, one on Friday, one on Saturday, and I'll probably be hanging around on Thursday. And I'm going to try to bring some swag with me, so if you want, I don't know, something with our name of the show on it and potentially whatever else we have done by that point in time, uh, come say hi. Come find me, and uh, you know, if nothing else, go to Cap Martin's booth because a lot of us end up hanging out there trying to get into our locker room. So, if you want yes. to run into me and Adam, that's outside of you know our panels. That's another good safe bet. Plus, Cat has cool art. So, and she uh, she had a wild and crazy uh, adventure with us at Lagoon, and uh, there's photographic evidence of that as well. So, cat attack! Cat attack! Yes, oh, right, the cat attack. High five. High five. Uh, High five. Uh, so many inside jokes from think, that day. I think, I think Q's still exhausted from our his adventure with Cat. <laughs> Baptize me with your love. Oh my god. That was amazing. Okay, anyway. We talked about that a few episodes ago, which also, going back on that, like, uh, next time we do an all live show, I, I, we got to figure out a better way of doing microphones. Because, like, I love you all, but you all were, like, way too far away from microphones. And so, like, everybody was bleeding into everybody else's microphone. It kicked my ass at but, uh, editing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's your baptism by fire. We all need to be in our own soundproof booths. That or just get up on the fucking microphone. Everyone was, like, sitting there, like, way far behind. And, Listen, like, was... I'm just not, I'm not allowed to touch them. So. Oh, I know. I know. I know. So. But it was, like, you, people would be, like, they would talk back and forth. It was getting, like, Doppler effects in front of the microphones. And, like, it was just, yeah, it was... I'm so I apologize for the sound quality on those episodes. I really tried. Believe me, I really tried. <laughs> I really tried. <laughs> definitely a hoot to listen to, though. They are really funny, and you can tell we were all having a really damn good time. Yes. But going back and editing them, I'm just like, there's just not a whole lot I can do to polish this. I'm sorry, um, like I tried. So I have to say that Brian, when this video game gets released, I don't know if any, if anyone calls it anything than other killing, comma my friend, uh-huh. I will be mad. Like if people just call it killing my friend, I'd be like, no, that's nope. not the fucking name of that game. Killing, comma, goddammit! <laughs> you have to pronounce the comma. I'll have the promotional materials. I'll make sure they say comma. Uh, actually, put out there. Killing, well, cool. comma, my friend. Oh, and by the way, Andy and I are still working on that. We just when we recorded last time, I was really depressed because of all the no, Comic Con bullshit, so I just wasn't in the mood to be. Yeah, and, and when I, Todd and I were supposed to record, mm-hmm. and we, I ended up having a headache, and I need to record. I, Q, actually, I'll just reveal this on air right now. I don't know if I told you, Q, where I plan on having your cameo. No. Okay, so <laughs> this isn't giving away too much about the game, so it's going to be fun. on the lobby level of the video game, where you can kind of wander around. It, it's sort of poop that two purposes purposes uh one is to like allow you to kind of learn the game as well but also to like wander around and wait if you're going to do a multiplayer game wait for the other players to join so after you select what weapons you want what clothing you want whatever you can wander around this hollywood backlot what i want to do is i have at least two movie trailers in the backlot i want when you approach one of the movie trailers i want q to be throwing a diva fit inside of one of the trailers <laughs> <laughs> so that I have saved that, like I've saved spots for different friends of mine. And Q, I want a diva fit, like full on diva fit. We're gonna have to record it. So at one point in time, we'll have to record. Maybe we can record it today. I don't know. But uh, somebody call my lawyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at you know one point I mean? in time, I will. I will. I have all the vi- the audio meshed of me and Andy. What we say, fuck twenty five thousand times. Oh, I have that too. Oh, okay. I, I, I still have that. I just can't use it uh, <laughs> because the ratings board. I, I I don't want us to get a like a, a higher rating than we want. 
because of uh, you know the cameos in the games. So like your game is like it's like it's, it's, it would be totally E rated, but goddamn, the language gets you to AO. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it would be E rated, but the language would definitely throw it up. I think we're, we're I think they're aiming for like a teen is what I think they're okay, aiming so I, for. I think we're going for mature. That's why we, we kind of went that. Yeah. yeah we we're, now I don't think we're I don't think we're that that heavy on it. Anyway. It's a whole other total side note, and that's a bunch of stuff that I'm working on right now. Anyway, so which reminds me, I need to text the director of the game after this. So, uh, but right now we're going to be talking about comic books, and we are talking about Green Arrow. Um, wow, someone was unimpressed. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like Adam's going to need a drink, so we might all need a drink. So why don't we just jump straight into drinking games? And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Adam, do you want to give us your drinking game rule? Mine's called, well, this is all very confusing. Okay. So every time the, the, the font changes, take a drink. Because it changes okay. like 16,000 times for this goddamn book. I'm calling mine, I'm sensing a trend here, which is every time they mention a superhero that died, take a drink. Q, do you have a drinking game rule? Mine is called Throwback Thursday. Anytime a character or storyline reference from way back, which is yeah. more often than you might think. <laughs> or <laughs> might even realize. Yeah, or might even realize. Take a drink. And Todd. Mine is, I don't want to talk about that. So every time they different characters interact with Green Arrow trying to pinpoint down what he's been up to and he just evades and deflects them about that. Take a drink. I mean, do we want to just jump into uh, yeas or nays? Sure. 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 Okay. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. We don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now who is the bond? I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. So enthusiastic. I have a feeling Adam really didn't like this book, but we'll ask anyway. Adam, yay or nay? So I'm a partial yay because okay. I like part of this book, but I didn't like a lot of this book. Q, what's your vote? Yay. I am also a yay. Todd going last again. I don't know why you ended up last twice, but uh, yay or nay? We saved the best for last. I know. I am a yay, and if for the only reason there's a reference of this in the Hush comic book about what Oliver's been up to that Batman oh, okay. was wondering about. And this answers that question I always fucking wondered about. So, yay. Okay. So, it had a, I wonder what that was up to. And I said, like, oh, here's the answer. Look okay. at that. To be completely and utterly clear about all of this, uh, I am the one who recommended this book or uh, put this on our list to do for this month. And I will admit it's because it was on my to-be-read pile and I thought, hey, <laughs> I need to read that anyway. Why not? Kill, we'll kill two birds with one stone. Um, and I, uh, the, uh, the funny thing is, is, like, I've been a Kevin Smith movie fan for a long time and I will, as a fan of his, admit that not all of his work is great. Not all of his most recent work is great. And that's fine. I like a lot of his stuff. I don't like all of it, but I do consider myself a Kevin Smith fan. And I happen to be wandering through because like Adam and I have a well. Adam has a friend. I've I've seen him at Comic Con, but I've never actually like talked to him. But Adam has a friend who used to own a comic shop in Logan. I was doing some shows there, and I was wandering around, and I thought, oh, here I'll go check out this shop that I thought was his. 
it was not his, and they <laughs> didn't have a lot of section selection of comics anyway. They're more of a gaming store. Um, so I bought. I walked in there, and I didn't really want to walk into an independent, you know, game slash comic book store and not at least purchase something. Like I just felt like I should do a little bit of support. And so this you were was a lot book- nicer than I was. I just turned uh, around and walked out. Yeah, I just I kind of wanted to see what they were all about. You know what I mean? It's like sure. The the thing about independent com- I mean, most comic stop shops are still independent. You know, outside of like if you're buying your comics at like Barnes and Noble or Amazon or whatever, but like. I, the thing I find interesting going to different comic shops, even just here in California, is different shops have a tendency to stock different things based on their clientele and the people who work there. I mean, there's a standard, you know, you'll get the standard Marvel and DC stuff, but every once in a while, like, the comic shop I started going to here actually carries um, Valiant Comics, a company I had never fucking heard of until I started going to this comic shop, and now I've gotten really into a lot of the, what they do. So I'm always kind of interested in going to a different comic shop to see what they had. And so this was like, hey, maybe this will be cool. And I was also kind of hoping they would be awesome so that, like, when I was there doing shows all summer, I could, you know, come up to Logan a little bit early and go check out a comic shop and, you know, whatever. And the shop was fine if you're into games. It just wasn't for me. So that's where I ended up purchasing this book. So that's, I really only, I really bought it with the intention of it being a Kevin Smith book. But to give you kind of a preview of what else is in there, it does sort of delve into a lot of intricacies of backstories and tries to tie together a lot of like, okay, wait, you've been missing for a while, your character is dead, what's going on? Uh, you know, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory and in you know, canon discussed in this book but not in a way that if you are not aware of what is going on, you don't necessarily, like, you can't still enjoy it. I think if you understand the DC universe a lot, you probably has more there that you'll appreciate. But if you don't necessarily know all that stuff, there is some stuff I still found interesting. I still found it readable. Um, Unlike I had some issues with uh, other books we've read where I didn't know what the fuck was going on at all. I I handled this one a little bit better. So anybody else, anything they want to add to that? Uh, So the reason that we're doing this book is because we're doing... uh, Things based on that TV show. Yes. So Arrow has been on for what, like five seasons now. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, I I tried to watch the show. Oh my hey! god. There we go. Oh my god. It's the phone. Ah! Somebody answer the goddamn phone. <laughs> hey, someone answered it. Uh, I tried to watch it, and again, as I mentioned before, like I. I, I, I don't get a lot of time to watch, but when I do, like I just like plow through a whole bunch of uh, shows. So I made it through about halfway through season one, and then I never went back to it because. And from what I've heard, season one is pretty hard to get through. Um, the show is still trying to like find its footing and really try to decide what it is. But it's later seasons that are really good. So I keep wanting to go back to it. Stephen Amell is not only extremely hot, but also uh, a really cool guy. Um, I do mm-hmm. follow him on social media and he just seems like he's just really awesome. So I definitely want to support that. And, you know, now there's all these other Splinter shows, um, which are going on, uh, Legends of the Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash, and now Supergirl that they've had joined into their universe. It wasn't originally, but now it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so there, there's a whole bunch of, of fun stuff. I, I just love the fact that they picked, like, kind of a a third-tier character to do a TV show about, and it's become super successful. I'm kind of with you on that. I tried to watch the first season of Arrow, and I thought it was okay, but it got really soap opera-y for me. Like, it was... And it's CW, so it's going to be soap opera That's That's what it's going to be. Um, but I think part of the problem I had is as I was watching it, I, got, I started watching The Flash, and The Flash was so much fucking better than The Arrow that that's, that distracted me away. And so I still need to go back and finish The Flash, 
Um, and I w I'm the same way. I kind of want to finish this, but I just never really gotten around to it. Um, but I did, you know, enjoy parts of the first season. So no one has anything else to add. Uh, we will take our little break, and then when we come back, we'll spoil the shit out of it. Uh, so yeah, so hang out. This is your chance to take uh, to read the book. And uh, when we come back, you know, Q will... He's just going to get all spoilerific in this. We, we won't be able to hold him back anymore. He's going to tell you everything. Absolutely everything. We try. We try to contain him. We can contain him for only so long. And then the beast, beast must be unleashed, and he will tell you everything. So, you've been warned. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. I get tired of saying the same thing over and over again. I had it. Yes. Well, welcome back. Q, we're about to unleash you. With this preface, uh, after this book, uh, Kevin Smith ended up writing, I think, about four more issues. Um, and those are collected in a Kevin Smith complete collection or... For these purposes, we're only going to read Quiver. There you go. Enjoy. Lightning round begins now. The story opens with Batman and Superman talking and Superman feeling that something is amiss. Uh, we're then taken to the grave of Oliver Queen where we all of a sudden see his body even though he's already supposed to be dead. Uh, we then see um, Arsenal sort of reminiscing uh, about the good old days uh, when he was speedy and uh, reminiscing about uh, Ollie. And then we go to Black Canary, who then also has um, a very X-rated memory of, uh, yeah, of, of Green Arrow. Yeah. Then we go to um, Connor Hawk, who is the current Green Arrow, um, the son of Oliver Queen. And uh, so then uh, we meet a uh, character named Stanley, who Oliver Queen saves using trash, and he looks super crazy. He looks like... Oliver Queen did when he was on the island in the show Arrow. So then cut to this uh, crazy party in Star City. Um, we meet uh, a new character named Mia, who is obviously a child prostitute, which makes me extremely uncomfortable. There is an old dude who purchases her. He's obviously super sketchy and Green Arrow busts in and saves her. You find out that the guy is a councilman and Green Arrow's all like, you know, fat cats and fascists and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, he's also wearing his classic Green Arrow costume. Mia is then attacked by her pimp. She escapes. Uh, Green Arrow says to come to a place where she can find a job. So Stanley has taken um, Ollie in. St you uh, realize that Stanley is uh, an old, rich, gay guy. Um, and Oliver, who is all... Um, He's super, like, he, he definitely is all like, oh, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm the superhero and I don't know kind of where everybody is, but you definitely get the feeling that, because obviously as the reader, you know that he's been dead for quite some time. So then when the, his attack gets on the news, Batman obviously picks it up and he's like, what the fuck is this? So then there's also this uh, Slayer character uh, that, uh, Green Arrow is trying to find who um, kidnaps children and kills them and feeds the blood to what appears to be a beast um, in some weird sort of contraption. So, which is very reminiscent of Sandman. Just, you know, just in case you were wondering. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit, yeah. Those, those feelings are correct. Um, so, uh, Green Arrow then busts in on some other 
councilman or mayor or whoever, and Green Arrow realized that it's now 1999, and he's like, um, I'm sorry, no, this is, this is wrong. So Mia shows up at Stanley's place, who he runs a youth center, she gets a job there, they all live together, and now Oliver is trying to find out what WTF is going on. Stanley and Mia are kind of bonding, but she definitely kind of gets like a weird feeling about him, at least that's what it kind of appears like to me. You find out that Stanley, he used to have all state-of-the-art stuff, but when um, Oliver came to stay with him, he definitely got freaked out by all the new technology. Oliver goes to what he thinks is a child uh, slavery ring, when really it's just drugs, but it's the Black Manta. The Black Manta is then later thwarted by uh, Aquaman, which he's like, what the fuck happened to you, Aquaman? And Aquaman's like, uh, who the fuck are you? Like, you're supposed to be dead. So... Aquaman takes him to Justice League uh, Satellite. Uh, Stanley is again kind of weird and creepy. Go with that feeling. He's definitely creepy. Batman is investigating the uh, crime scene that uh, Green Arrow was just at. So now the Justice League is all gathered and they see um, Ollie and they're all like, wait, where have you been? He's like, oh, you guys all look so different. Well, who are these kids who've taken the places of other people? And he's then calling them fascists because he doesn't believe that, you know, things have changed, blah, 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 blah. And uh, Batman comes in and punches him and he's like, uh, I'm gonna go investigate some nonsense. Uh, so <laughs> then um, Jason Blood uh, is also now involved. So, you know, the supernatural kind of crazy stuff. For those of you who don't know Jason Blood, look it up. It's called Google. I mean, at, at this point. So Batman is doing a, a sort of medical review uh, of Oliver Queen and his sidekick, who currently is the spoiler, is uh, giving him some sass because that's her job. So pretty much Batman is not convinced that this is the real Oliver Queen because he shows no scars of any past injuries that he should have. And, you know, everyone should have those kind of things, Like much, much like Batman obviously knows that you know there should be uh, things like that. So Oliver wakes up, it's kind of freaked out, and Batman's like, um, you're pulling my leg. And Batman's like, and you also killed Hal. And he's like, uh, no, this is obviously some kind of crazy shit, but we obviously need to get to the bottom of it. Uh, Mia then, um, meets up with, uh, Black Canary and Arsenal, who she tells him, that, you know, they're, uh, he's with Batman or whatever, whatever, the, what, you know, obviously, whatever. They're then attacked by the demon Etrigan, who we're not quite sure why, but, uh, so Jason Blood says that there is a hollow, which is some sort of, uh, shell without a soul that demons really like, and, uh, Black Canary and Arsenal appear, and Black Canary and Oliver are all very sweet reunited oh my god it's so cute stanley seems to be pretty upset that uh the justice league has come in and taken ollie mia's all like uh yeah whatever so now black canary's kind of getting into reality and she's asking about all the stuff that has happened and he just can't remember those things and she's like well that's typical so jason blood is like okay we need to do like an invest a mystical um investigation of you and pretty much confirms that he was right he is a hollow he does not have a soul so now etrigan must kill him so now batman arsenal and canary are trying to save him from etrigan it looks like etrigan kills him when really hal jordan who is parallax who is now the specter uh actually pulled him out of pulled him out of there um and 
Oliver has given him a hard time for looking like the Spectre, makes him take a form that he's more used to, and then uh, Hal pretty much tells him what happened, that he uh, recreated his body from Adam's left on Superman's costume. They then go into heaven, see some dead heroes. Uh, Spectre tells um, Dead Man to go tell the Justice League that, hey, just FYI, I've, I've, I've got Ollie. And then you find out that Ollie's soul is still in heaven. So the Justice League, uh, or Arsenal, Black Canary, and Batman are fighting Etrigan until Etrigan is then taken over by Dead Man and reverted back to Jason Blood. He tells them that, uh, you know, they're up in heaven, sorting things out. Oliver pretty much tells him that he wanted to give sort of himself a new start, but without all of the baggage of the memories. So that's why he can't remember the last 10 years, because that's when things were the best. And... Hal is still trying to convince Ollie that he does need to join his body, but Ollie is just like, nah, I'm not going to. So when Ollie comes back, he starts explaining things to Stanley, and then Stanley hits him over the head. Oh my god, of course that old guy is creepy. Like, he's super creepy. So Connor sort of gets his vision, and he realizes that his dad needs him, so he leaves his monastery to go help. So then you find out that Stanley has kidnapped his grandson uh, because he is the captor of the beast with no name. Jason Blood also recognizes the name of Stanley Dover and realizes that they need to get back there as quickly as possible. So then Stanley goes into his backstory uh, that he was a Satanist. His wife left him when she found out that she was pregnant so he wanted to sacrifice it. He then stole the magic book, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, from uh, the Burgesses, who were the people who captured Morpheus in their basement and used a similar device to then try to capture the Beast with No Name. Come to find out that while he was doing these things, actually the Beast with No Name got uh, printed onto his grandson, who, by the way, is a character from 1966, in case you weren't aware. So when he see it, saw the Beast with No Name, the Beast obviously recognized that Stanley was creepy as fuck old dude and uh, disappeared. So then he kidnapped his own grandson and kept him in the glass jar and did all sorts of terrible things to him, fed him the blood of dead children, like just what a fucking fuck. So now uh, his plan is to insert himself into Green Arrow and then rape and murder Mia because he's a creepy old dude. Uh, because he's not actually gay, he's just a weirdo. So <laughs> there is some sort of like blood seal on the house when the Justice League arrives, so obviously Connor Hawk is the only one who can get in. They get in, arrows flying, blah, 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 blah. And then Oliver is like, uh, hey, soul, like you need to come join me. And he's like, oh no, I don't want to. And then he's like, no, but you've got to because our son is going to die and this creepy old dude's going to take your body. His soul does join in his body. He is defeated. All of the demons disappear after a close call where the um, Green Lantern almost frickin' <laughs> destroyed the building. The Beast with No Name is the one who sealed the entrance to hell. Um, he then rescues Stanley, then eats old Stanley. So then Connor and Oliver are like, hey, let's go have some dad and son bonding time. The end. Aww, dad and son bonding time. And then the further issues I go into dad's so fighting crime and, you know, whatever.
which is fun. So, um, yeah, so this book definitely hits on a bunch of crazy stuff. So I didn't even know that uh, little Stanley Dover and his and his beast were characters from like DC Universe Presents in like 1966. I'm sorry, but little Stanley Dover and his beast sounds like something you see on the side that Adam frequents. And it probably is. You bitch. But yeah, so I. Speaking what, of which. One of the things that Kevin Smith writes in his introduction is he's like, I wrote a comic book, or he he wrote a comic book that he wanted to read, where it's steeped in comic book knowledge and lore and all that stuff. So it's definitely like all of this fanboy service to these crazy old stories, all of like all of these kind of things going around. So I I guess for like a new reader or a reader who maybe isn't like fully into it like some of us crazy people that it can be a little confusing but again like nowadays it's called Google so to me I really liked it so I also read this a long time ago um, when I was in college so like reading it again I immediately picked up I was like oh yeah old creepy dude is old creepy dude so it, it's kind of it's supposed to be a surprise but it like so like that part reading it again was a little bit of a letdown. So I was like, oh, yeah, 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 that guy is creepy. But, like, all of the supporting characters in this are awesome because they're all the characters, I think, that either need to be in some sort of either uh, special, uh, mystical kind of stuff, like with uh, with the demon and Spectre, but also all the characters that need to be there for a Green Arrow story, such as the Justice League, Black Canary, and Arsenal, definitely, Hal Jordan, and um, Connor Hawk. Um, I didn't quite like the fact that he's getting an, a, the new Speedy. I didn't really like Mia as a character um, to begin with. She does eventually become Speedy, just FYI, in case y'all didn't know. Uh, but then, so in, but instead of the drug, uh, heroin-addicted Speedy, like Roy was, she's the uh, Speedy with AIDS, which... I'm like, oh, yay, more social issues. Good job, Green Arrow. But as a whole, I think this is a good book. I think it has, it, it, like we kind of talked about before, it has a beginning, middle, and end where there isn't, you know, where you feel like you've completed something. You feel like it's it's a whole thing. You, you don't feel like uh, you need, you have to read the next book in order to know what happens. You, you know, you want, you want to read the next book because you enjoyed the story, but you don't have to have it because you don't know what, you know, what's next. That's all I'll say about it for right now. I obviously bought this book because I'm a Kevin Smith fan. There is a certain amount of the Kevin Smith dialogue that's in here, obviously. Um, it's not so heavy that if you're not a fan of his work, you're going to be super annoyed by it. Um, but I, like, I, I thought it was fine. I think I thought it was serviceable. I, I didn't think he took away from anything. There's some fun little, like, him talking about random, you know, minutia of the day, you know, between characters of that, which is fun. I don't know. I don't really have... I mean, like, I like the book okay. Um, I thought it was fine. Like Q said... The, the Quiver story is its own full story. The couple issues afterwards are kind of interesting on their own. It's a little bit of a longer book. Um, we've read a few longer books this month. I know all of us are busy. There's been a little bit of a toll, and I kind of I caught that a little bit of, like, there's a lot of book to read here. But outside of that, I think in general, I kind of dug it. Adam, what are your thoughts? My thing with this book is, like, yeah, the story is decently interesting. Um, I just think that there's too much story to get away in the plot because, yes, this is a, a ten-issue run. Uh, it easily could have been told in five or six issues. It feels like there's just too much padding on there. And like I do enjoy Kevin Smith, except for like, his last three movies because they were bullshit. But it's almost like, as, as good of a writer as he is, a lot of this book feels like it's Kevin Smith showing off the fact that he's Kevin Smith and look what I can do. And that irks me because I hate any author who says in ten words what they could say in five, and that's what I'm getting through with through a lot of this book. I mean, there's 
Yes, you know, I'm not the biggest DC person, but I've read a lot more since we started doing this, mm-hmm. and I've, I do like a lot more DC now than I did, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah, I can take the time to Google all these characters, but, I, I mean, I know, okay, there's, there's like four, you know, there's like there's like Green Lantern, there's, a Red, there's this, there's that, there's two arrows, and Oliver Quinn's acting all weird, and that's what I really care about. I didn't really need to dive too much into the other backstories of everyone else. For some people, that might be fan service. But for someone who's just trying to get the story across, it, I didn't need that. Maybe, you know, Brian, this might be how you felt when we did Age of X, where you're like, hey, who the fuck is this person? What's going on? And like, yeah, I've, I know enough of DC to know who, uh, who Wally West is and who the other Green Lanterns are and who the other, um, you know, the other uh, Green Arrow is. But they weren't really relevant to the story at all. And so it just felt like extra padding that took this and blew it up by you know, 70 pages when it should have easily been maybe 130. So I did like the twist. Now, the twist at the end was Stanley. I saw coming the moment I met the character. I'm like, oh, he's the, he's the serial killer fucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't really well, that was, wasn't really well hidden. I don't know. It's, it was an interesting story. I did like it once they finally, you know, meet up with uh, Hal Jordan, find out what's really going on and things like, oh, I get it. Now this is what's been going on. This is why he's acting all weird and why this is this. But by that point, I was almost to the point of not caring, so while it did get my interest up and going again, uh, it wasn't enough for me to save the whole story. I thought, what were your thoughts? The more I read, the better it got. It was a slow start. I mean, it's definitely Kevin Smith. Adam makes some interesting points, how he's a bit like uh, Jonathan Hickman with some of his writing. Look how clever I am. That was exactly I who I was thinking, yeah, Jonathan yeah, Hickman. look how clever I am writing this versus reading going, oh, that was clever versus look how clever I am. And, you know, with Kevin Smith, some of his movies are definitely better with others than others and he was r- straight up said he was writing for himself and trying to see what he could all include at the same time it's like he had this checklist I need to include so let's have a scene up at the watchtower with the Justice League but besides that we're going to keep it mostly grounded besides that one escape there was excess in here and he accepted the assignment was the assignment for 10 issues for a run did it just kind of blow up that way or was it two things that kind of grew and got out of hand I'm not quite sure. It was a complete story. You can tell he had like the major plot points all planned out ahead of time, and that was done well, and I did enjoy that. And his different characters, Jason Blood and Etrigan. I've always been a fan of Etrigan. I think he's hilarious, and I always want to see more of that demon. And including for that, for me, was fun. But at the same time, with I didn't know who Arsenal was and that sort of thing. And as you watch these other characters, um, I did enjoy it, but it did seem there was a big checklist he was going through of what do I need to include to have this cover everything? And was it truly in service of the story or not versus I am going to the deep mythos? And I, I guess he could have used more of an edit, but if he also had ten issues he needed to cover with story... I've read a lot worse filler, so I'll give you that. But see, the Kingdom Come didn't feel like filler, and I've gone back and read it again since we we, we talked right. about it last, and I liked it a lot more the second time because uh-huh. there's so much content there, and yes. you know that. And um, it was what was the guy's name who wrote Mark Wade. Yeah, Mark Wade. We just did Archie with it. Uh-huh. Um, and good as much as Kevin Smith's a great writer, and I, I do enjoy like, like one of his the first movies I ever saw when I worked at Blockbuster was Clerks, uh-huh. and I just that's when I fell in love and watched all of his shit. And yeah, I really watching Clerks while working at Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Randall was my hero. Oh my god, <laughs> we we're not allowed to work here anymore. Like the moment I walked in, like everyone's like, I'm like, what movie should I get? And like, you need this is the first movie you rent. And actually, it was the yeah. third because I had to do the movies first. But sure. No, so I know how talented he is, and I wish he'd get back on that track with his movies because the last again three have been shitty. Well, okay, well done. Um, which three are you discussing? Because I actually liked Red State, and I might fight you on that. 
Tusk Hoosers and Yoga Hosers. Y- yoga, yoga Hosers ho- and wasn't there one? Wasn't there one in between Tusk and Yoga Hosers? No, not yet. So it was Red State, so it was Red State Tusk, Tusk, and Yoga Hosers. Okay, last two things. I love Red State. Okay, because I like yeah. Red State a lot as well. Because I'm like, I will fight you on that. That's like, it's there was not one in between Smith there. Movie, so. but it's a good movie. No, it's a great movie. So he, he's very talented, knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. Um, but again, this was just this was an example of like I always talk about Zack Snyder with like that maybe Superman. It's like it's a really talented person, but has to have someone who can step in and say no and like whap him on the nose with a newspaper and not let him and again I, I could be totally wrong with how this all fell through like you said it could have been you had to do 10 issues who knows but sometimes it's like oh I'm just going to prove how smart I am and do this and just put all the stuff in there when you need someone to come in and cut that out um, but you can take a big long run and make it as interesting as Kingdom Come and have all the intricacies and all the cool stuff come together and meld so perfectly that this didn't have. Uh, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on Kingdom Come because even though, yes, it was complete and it's, uh, you know, one of my um, favorite books, which is why I recommended us reading it, um, you know, however long ago that was, to me there's still a lot of missing pieces to that story, which I think without actually delving into who those characters are, you don't get as much into it. And I think that's even one of the comments that you made is that you didn't know what some of those things were and that you wanted to read it again to find out who these people were. So, like, I feel like you're contradicting yourself, which, you know, it, it's fine. You know, we also read it, you know, a year or so ago. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's whatever. But I'm, but I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I guess, in my opinion, if you're reading something and you don't know who who they are, find find out who it is. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've made this complaint a lot, and I understand that you know we're all very busy. We all you know do a lot of things. You know, we're just trying to read the book. But it's like with all of the information that we have available to us in you know in this day and age, it's kind of like, well, now you're just being lazy. You know, you you, you just don't. I, uh, no, you, you, I don't. I disagree with that though because I think that art should at a certain point in time be able to stand on its own two feet but, but if you oh, have to back up and research everything that's there but like it's com- okay so but stop in comic books you have to because everything references something that came before um and a comic where you're bringing back someone from the dead they're gonna bring up all of their backstory so if so all of those kind of things are going to be important i mean yes art should stand on its own but and i think this actually does a fairly good job of summing up who these people are without really having to research them. I mean, like, the whole backstory of uh, Stanley and his monster, not really important. I thought that it was really cool that you actually found out that they're actually really old characters. Like, that's Uh actually kind of interesting. But, you know, not knowing who Arsenal is, first of all, they tell you who he is in the first, like, three pages of the story. Um, you, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm just like, if, if you don't know who these people are, then 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 look it up. A Google search takes five seconds. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because, like, as, as a comic book person, if I just... It, it, it's kind of how I got into comics. It's kind of how I sort of got into the whole crazy X-Men universe where you just kind of have to start knowing who people are. And to me, in the Justice League, I mean... You just kind of have to start knowing who these people are. Um, and I think at this point, in episode 74 of a podcast, I just don't find that to be an excuse anymore. Well, going back, you mentioned what I said with Kingdom Come, as far as I'm being familiar, that was one of the earlier books we did as well. So I'm a lot more steeped in DC lore now mm-hmm. than I was. Like, I, I honestly, like, before we, we started this podcast, I think I'd read one Batman book, and that was about my experience with DC. So I had very little to go on. So, you know, my complaint between then and now 
uh, having switched off as far as being not being familiar to being there's too much just kind of padding here for me that's that's part of my growth as a comic book reader too because now that i know who these characters are and i'm familiar with oh there were there was a different flash and there was a different green lantern things i didn't know about a year ago you know so but but uh, so like what what would be cut out of this it's kind of, it's kind of just what i'm asking then so like if there's so much padding what is there to cut out because i have to me, go back and look through it all again like like, like the only the only issue to me that really drags is the one where it takes them forever to get to, to oliver in heaven like i think that that could have been cut down a little bit where it's like oh no this is your soul this is who you need to talk to i don't know the specifics and i'm guessing here for on adam's behalf but there are a few moments where it's very kevin smith where they talk about minutia of the day which doesn't necessarily have to do anything with the plot is what I'm guessing. I may be speaking on turn out there. The only other thing that I just kind of wanted to get back on is, is I think that, yes, we've done 74 episodes of podcasts, but we're also sort of reviewing this as if you were a new reader to jump into this book. And I think if we're reading something that is standing on its own as either a collection... Okay, or I'm going to stop you right there because that's a lie, that's a lie, never been so thin. Because numerous times, all of us have been very guilty of being like, this is the comic book that uh, either got us into comics or we've read mm-hmm. the whole series or we know it's coming, we know it came before, we know it's come after... Um, so I, I, I don't I don't think that that's our, our review anymore. I don't think that that's our shit. Okay, but can you give me a chance to finish what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm just okay. saying. Okay, but what I am saying is, is that there are ways that comic books can stand on their own and still be able to delve into backstory and explain what's going on. And sometimes we've read things that have been successful, which I think this one is. We've run mm-hmm. other things that are successful. I think that requiring people to do homework to enjoy a comic, I don't necessarily think that's a reasonable expectation. Because that's something that maybe it worked for you, but that sometimes turns off other readers. It turned me off. It becomes a gatekeeping situation. So I think that like just because that works for you doesn't mean it works for all readers. And I think requiring that or saying you should go out and do your research, I don't think that's fair. I think that if we're if a book is going to be able to stand on its own with its own history, that's what it should do. But but then but then. I, the other thing is, the, so we're so we're also reading this in in a, in a collection. If you're talking like sing, single issue, like a new reader single issue comic books, I mean, and maybe that's why comic books are sort of a dying business because it's it, I I just don't think that any new readers are going to are going to be able to even get into any comic books without starting from issue one. Um, and even then, with all of the renumberings of every, just like we ran into Ultimate Comic Book Spider-Man, with all the new number ones, I mean, it, it, if if a brand new reader opened up Miles Morales number one and opened it up and had no idea who Aunt May was, Mary Jane, or even Peter Parker for that matter, you know that book's not going to make any sense. So what are they going to do? They're going to go find out who those people are, and I think that's part of comics. I think that's always been a part of comics. Well, okay, I'm not going to say always. I think that's a major factor in comic books since probably the 90s. Um, Like, going back and finding out what's happened before because continuity is so steeped. Even when you redo things like in the Ultimate Universe, like, you still... Even when you're introduced, like, the new characters like that, you still need to know who these people are and what their connections are to other people. And I think that's also one of the great things about comic books is that you have whole universes that you can really delve into. So if if Green Arrow was your sort of gateway into it and you see all of these other people and you're interested in it... Um, 
yeah, go find out who Black Canary is. Go find out who these other things are. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, he was a sidekick and they had their own junior team called the Titans. Let me go find out what the Titans are. I think I think that's it's not doing homework. It's No, but what you keep saying is you keep saying go on the internet, look this up, and you keep doing it in an accusatory way saying that people should do this homework to do it. It should be written in a way that if someone is interested, they can continue to read. But it shouldn't have to be required for you to understand and appreciate a singular story. As an insular thing, whatever reading... So yes, you don't know who Aunt May is. You might be interested in it, but what Aunt May's has to do with whatever that story is should singularly be for that story. And you don't have to know her entire backstory. You just have to know that she's a person who's somehow involved in this story. And if you want to learn more about it, that should be something that you should have the option. The thing that annoys me is that saying that if you don't understand this book or if you don't appreciate this book, it's on you, it's not on the writer's fault, I think is bullshit. If the writer can't integrate these old characters in a way that makes sense to a reader, then they're not going to be interested in it. They're just going to get frustrated and throw it against the wall. And that's where I think there's an issue. I get that you were really interested in all these in-depth things, but just saying, go read the internet, fuckers, is kind of a bullshit thing to do. Like, I think that it should maybe inspire people to want to look further, but like continually just saying it's the reader's fault, not the writer's fault for not making sense, I think is bullshit. Okay. Anybody else have anything they want to add? No, no, I think that was all said. <laughs> uh, I would have. I would have. Uh, so, what's the girl's name that he that he rescues from the Mia? Uh, Mia. I would have cut out uh, a lot. Like, there's about 15 pages of her backstory that didn't need to be explained because it didn't have anything to do with the rest of it. And I would have cut out the whole part where he's up at the Justice League before Batman knocks him out. Cool. Uh, drinks. Oh, drinks. Drinks. God, yes, we, we need drinks. Drink. For fuck's sake, we need drinks. Mister Boom. Mr. Booze, Mr. B-double-O-Z, that's your spell's booze. Mine is called the Angry Archer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's four ounces of Angry Orchard Crisp Apple, and one ounce of white rum, uh, a half ounce of lime juice, half ounce of simple syrup, a dash of, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, so it's on our website, bitters, uh, two slices of cucumber muddled, and five to six mint leaves muddled. That sounds delicious. It does. Adam, you have a cocktail? So mine's called the uh, Poison Arrow. Uh, you take a half ounce of Malibu, half ounce of uh, light rum, half ounce of blue curacao, half ounce of apple pucker, or you can use Midori if you don't want apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then equal parts sweet and sour and pineapple juice. You shake the shit out of that and then strain it over ice and garnish with a cherry. But just don't drink too many because that's very, very sugar happy and it'll make you have a horrible hangover the next day. Now I have to come up with a new name for my cocktail because it was labeled the poisoned arrow and it has a completely different recipe. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Todd, what is your cocktail? Mine is simply called the green arrow. It's one ounce OJ, one ounce Jack Daniels, one ounce peach schnapps, and one ounce blue curacao. You shake the shit out of it. It's a dark green color, which is fitting, and you put it into a row of shot glasses and you just slam that bitch back. That sounds evil. Uh, I'm going to call mine Quiver. Uh, yep. And we will do one and a half ounces of bottled and bond bourbon, three quarters of an ounce of Bigelet China China Amber Liqueur. Never heard of it, but I looked it up. Uh, it's been made since like the 1700s. Uh, half ounce of Campari, two dashes of orange bitters, one dash of Angostura bitters, and an orange peel for garnish. Stir the bourbon with all the stuff and strain to a cocktail glass with rocks, one large ice cube, garnish with the orange peel. Uh, you can find all that stuff on our website. Does anybody else have anything else they want to discuss uh, before we move on? Oh, I will say okay. I'm very proud of us for actually being able to, to pronounce Curacao now. <laughs> Yay! That is awesome. We are. You know, we can be taught a little bit. Uh, cool. Well, then let's uh, jump into grades. 
Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking bummed. God, please, no! 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 Q, what's your final grade? I'm gonna go with an A minus. I really like this. I think Kevin Smith definitely sort of got what he, as he stated in his introduction, he wrote a, a book that he wanted to read as a comic book fan growing up reading um, DC Comics. It's very steeped in uh, DC mythology. Um, it's still fun, lots of action. Sort of sets him up for some some new adventures. Uh, gives him a, a little bit of a of a fresh start, and coincidentally also helps with the whole characters aging. Like let's put the body back ten years. So um, I thought it was great. Todd, what's your grade? I'm gonna give this a B. I enjoyed reading it. Once again, it was the more as I got into it, it was getting better as I read it. I mean, it's a solid book in that regard. I read some of other Kevin Smith's, Kevin Smith's other stuff, like the Widening Gyre and Cacophony. This one's better than those, I think. So, um, yeah, it was fine. It was good. I'm going to go with like a B. Um, I liked it. I just, uh, I kind of, I'm giving it a lower grade because I kind of keep track of how often I'm looking to see how much longer that issue is or how much longer I have to read to finish off the book. And I found myself doing that a couple times. So um, that just distracts a little bit from me. Like just instinctually, there was just something like I enjoyed it. It just, it dragged a little for me here or there. Adam, what is your grade? Uh, so I'm going to see again. I, I didn't hate this book. I know I might've come across as, as being the negative Nelly, but uh there were some good parts of it. I think the overall story was good. I just wish it would have been tightened up a bit more. So that's why at the beginning I did say yes. I, I think it's something to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, again, it was just Kevin Smith being Kevin Smith and, you know, in, in a bad way. So, no, the, the story's interesting. It does kind of pick up around issue seven. It's, or It's like page 150, I'd say, in the book. When, well, 140, we'll say. Uh, and it is really cool. I loved the, the fact that we got to see Morpheus and it was tying into stuff we just previously read. Um, I just kind of wish it would have been a bit more concise. And who has recommendations? Uh, I'll start out. So this is, again, this is a little bit old. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, just well, as we record this, just came out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Disney's first 4K ever. So Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, a lot of fun stuff. And uh, kind of a big deal. It is gorgeous. So if you've got a 4K TV and obviously you should be picking up Guardians... Uh, I highly recommend you pick it up in the in the 4K version of it because it is absolutely beautiful. And James Gunn had been posting about how Ego, the Living Planet, looked absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yes, yes, he does. Easy, easy recommend this week. Yeah, cool. Uh, Q, do you have anything to recommend? Yeah, um, I want to say that I've recommended it before when I um, when we've read something something else DC, but it really just reminded me how much I enjoyed the. Um, Black Canary Green Arrow series that came out a few years ago. Kind of kind of similar vibe where it's just Green Arrow and Black Canary and some of their friends just kicking ass, taking names. Todd, what is your recommendation? A little while ago we read that Age of X by Mike Carey and he did that. He also did Lucifer and he's written a bunch of other stuff. One of the ones I started reading, it's called Suicide Risk. 
Um, it takes the point of a uh, street-level cop and the mix of all these superheroes and villains that keep rising up and he's trying to figure out what's going on and um, the basic idea is if you're trying to be a hero amid all these villains you're a suicide risk because it's just going to take you out so it's a uh, and then this guy himself ends up becoming a hero as he's trying to deal with that so it's an interesting little run it's um, suicide risk Mike Carey it was fun okay. yeah last night um, I watched uh, again I watched a few of things recently but i've been watching some of the christopher guest movies uh recently uh <laughs> amazing Jeffrey show and right. uh and that so I recommend, if you haven't seen uh, waiting for guffman's the other one that i watched recently after my summer theater experience i had to go back and rewatch waiting for guffman <laughs> uh so uh yeah so you know if you haven't seen any of his stuff he also did this a spinal tap um you know he sort of writes these loose plot lines and then everyone kind of improvs their lines inside of it um, always uh, pretty fun and pretty funny, and there's a few of them are on uh, Netflix, so uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, so next week we are going to be reading Powers, which was uh, turned into a TV show on the PlayStation Network for a little while, and you can actually watch it on Amazon. I found out, hmm. um, but it's a book that I've actually I think have been has been on one of the top of my list for a long time. It's also one of my early comic book readings, um, and so we'll be reading the first book of that, which is Whatever Happened to Retro Girl. Basically, the concept is is that they are a homicide detective uh, force that deals with crimes involved the death of superheroes. So, um, if a superhero gets killed, they're the ones who investigate it and find out what's going on. Um, and, yeah, so uh, there's that. Does anybody else have anything to add before we move on? Nope. That's about it. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we will see you guys next week for Powers. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.